from St. John, chapter 11, verses 1 through 53. Glory to you, O Lord. It's uh, titled, The Death of Lazarus, and it's found on page 1668 of your pew Bible. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick, and he was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And this Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So, the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And when he heard this, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet he, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you are going back there. And Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours of daylight a man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by his world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. And after he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go down to him. When Thomas called Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. And on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know. He will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. 
I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. And when Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. And now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. And when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See, see how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did, put their faith in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. And then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. What are we accomplishing, they asked. Here is this man performing many miraculous signs. If we let him go on like this, Everyone will believe in him, and then the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. And then one of them named Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, spoke up and he said, You know nothing at all, 
You do not realize that it is better for you that one man die for the people than the whole nation perish. He did not say this on his own, but as high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation. And not only for the nation, but also for the scattered children of God to bring them together and make them one. So from that day on, they plotted to take his life. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. I, uh, a little bit discombobulated this morning. I left this here and The account of Lazarus, <clears throat> I think, is one of my most favorite. Uh, I have many favorites in, in Scripture, but that one really has, is so rich, so many points to be gleaned from and to, to speak of. And so let's get to it. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. There once, uh, there once was a con man, a con artist, if you will, who had just about convinced people that <clears throat> he communicated with the supernatural. He told them stories about far-off kings and ancient peoples. He even knew what Cleopatra was wearing when she allowed that viper to bite her. He knew secrets about the pyramids and Alexander the Great. And as to current events, he could tell you what the king and queen of England, well, he could tell you that they were playing croquet at that very moment. This man seemed to know everything about everyone at every time. Then there was a man, a man who was wiser than most, and he asked this great prophet to tell him what he had eaten for breakfast. And suddenly, this man who could wax eloquent about the activities of the pharaohs and the crown heads of Europe was strangely quiet. You see, as long as no one was able to check the facts, this man could say anything. He could make it up as he went along, and as long as he spoke with confidence... A large part of the population, they believed him. And as soon as someone tested this character's credibility with known facts, well, he had to soon leave town. And this illustration is important. It illustrates an important part of determining the truth of a story any story. The rules for developing a myth 
require a significant time, a significant amount of time between what events happened and then when the story of the myth comes to you. And that way, all the eyewitnesses and their children are dead. It also helps for the myth to happen in a faraway land because that makes it even more difficult to check out the facts. Now, the gospel account of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, well, it violates these rules of myth-making. You see, John wrote as an eyewitness. And if John was still alive, then the other eyewitnesses were alive as well. John also located the event about two miles from Jerusalem, which was the pretty important city of the day, right? I mean, everyone knew about Jerusalem. And he states that many people came out of Jerusalem to mourn. Now, his critics could easily have proved him wrong by questioning these eyewitnesses. And the truth is that we have no record of anyone saying something like, hey, I was there, and here's what really happened. At the time John wrote his gospel, there were still people around who had seen the life of Jesus. People who could easily have contradicted John if he had gotten the facts wrong. There is not a record of any eyewitness who had any disputes with John's account. Now, John's account is a historical narrative, not mythology, not a story, as I slip into every once in a while. The Bible is not stories. It's a historical account. And this is important because a resurrection from the dead is very rare. There are just a few resurrections in the Old Testament, and the gospel accounts only tell us of three resurrections before Jesus himself died on the cross and rose from the dead. Three. Thus, it is important that we have good, solid documentation of this event. We need to know that this was a real event that happened in a real time and in a real place. The Holy Spirit inspired John to make it very clear that Lazarus was dead. Jesus told the disciples plainly, Lazarus is dead. John himself records, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been dead in the tomb for four days. And when Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
And some of the Jews said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Jesus said, Take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead for four days. And the Holy Spirit inspired John to make sure that there was no way that anyone could say that Lazarus was just mostly dead, sleeping. If there would have been a coroner available at the time, he would have said something like this, as coroner, I must affirm. I thoroughly examined him, and he's not only merely dead, he is most sincerely dead. There was no chance whatsoever that Lazarus could have revived under his own power. Lazarus was dead, and Lazarus was decaying. Now, the other thing that we notice is in this account is the disappointment. The disappointment. Both Martha and Mary said, Lord, if you had been there, been here, my brother would not have died. The other mourners remind us of last week's gospel as they Asked, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? There is a spark of faith that we hear here. They all believe that Jesus could, could have averted death. They may even have believed that if Jesus had arrived shortly after death, that he could have done something as he did with the daughter of Jairus, one resurrection, the widow's son of Nain, two. But the four days is four days. And after four days, the decay has set in. Could Jesus still do something after four days? Today's gospel seems to indicate that everyone thought that Lazarus was beyond even what Jesus and his substantial power could do. This limited faith is disappointed that Jesus had not come sooner because now there was just no hope. And the Holy Spirit has used John's word to bring us, you and me, into the story. We too, all of us, have lost loved ones. We too know the grief that death brings as it parts us from the company of those who we love so much. The teaching that Jesus had for Martha is also for us. I am. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And this is the main teaching of the gospel for this day. This is the teaching 
for Mary, Martha, those who mourned, and for us that are gathered here today. Jesus taught these words, and then he demonstrated them. Jesus made his way to the tomb, and he had them remove the stone from the entrance. And then he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died, he came out. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord even over death. And death is an ever-present reminder of sin. And as the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to write this in Romans 6, verse 23, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And even as Jesus demonstrated his power over death, he also demonstrated the means by which he would conquer sin himself. Sadly, unbelievably almost, but there were those who rejected the teachings of Jesus. Imagine how stubborn does someone have to be in order to be angry and frustrated over the fact that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. We saw that attitude last week when Jesus healed the blind man. Some people are so stubborn that they reject the gifts of Jesus, even though Jesus gave sight to the blind and raised people from the dead. Today's gospel, it ends as the Pharisees call a meeting to the council. And in this council, they decide that Jesus must die. And a little later on in the gospel, according to John, they also decide that they must put even Lazarus to death. It is their intention to get rid of Jesus once and for all. But little do they know that this is all according to the plan, a plan that is much greater than theirs. And it was not long after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead that Jesus himself experienced death. The plans of the council, council they came together with the help of Judas, and they were able to capture Jesus. They subjected Jesus to an illegal trial. And then they took him to Pontius Pilate and applied political pressure to Pilate until he agreed to put Jesus to death. And it was not long after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead that Jesus allowed a Roman execution squad to nail him to the cross. And there, he would endure not only the physical pain of the cross, but also the eternal pain of our sin. He would endure a punishment that we cannot even understand as he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? No mere human can even understand what it means that God the Father forsook God the Son. All we can know 
is that it is very, very bad for Jesus and very, very good for us. It is bad for Jesus and that he suffered all the punishment of eternity in hell. And it is good for us that we can now look forward to the eternal joy of God in his presence with us and our presence with him. Now three days after Jesus died on the cross, he once again demonstrated that he is Lord over death. That he rose from the dead and that resurrection assures us that our death is not the end. Listen, whether we are dead for four days, four years, or 4,000 years, Jesus will raise us from the dead. There is one great difference between the resurrection in today's gospel and the resurrection of the last day. That is this, that Lazarus is no longer with us. He had to die again. And when Jesus calls our bodies back to life on the last day, we shall never die again. And on that day, all people shall rise with eternal bodies. And on that day, those who reject the gifts of Jesus will rise to an eternity of punishment. And those who have the Holy Spirit's gift of faith will rise to live with Christ in eternal joy. Near the beginning of today's gospel, the Holy Spirit inspired John to record a strange behavior on the part of Jesus. We read that now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So, when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer, two days longer in the place that he was. Now, under ordinary circumstances, a beloved friend, boy, a beloved friend would come to the aid inside of a suffering friend as soon as possible, right? The gospel account states just the opposite. Jesus waited because he loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And it is not until Jesus called Lazarus back from the dead that this makes any sense. When Jesus arrived on the scene, Mary and Martha's faith was theoretical. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And so if Jesus would have arrived and healed Lazarus before he died, her faith would have stayed exactly that way. And after the events of this day, she had a constant, concrete reminder of the great lesson in today's gospel. The resurrection of Lazarus demonstrates the words of Christ, and those words are, I am the resurrection and the life. 
Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And because Jesus loved Martha, because Jesus loved her sister, and he loved Lazarus, he gave them this teaching. And this teaching, this teaching is also for us. And it gives us confidence in times of life that are very tough. And it gives us very real comfort in times of death. In the name of Jesus, amen.